Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. This week we have some interviews that we recorded while we were out in Washington, D.C. for our annual fly-in with some of the experts at American Farm Bureau Federation regarding both the clean water rule and the current developments with trade. I think you're going to get a lot out of it because they are some of the best experts in Washington, D.C. on these subjects. So let's get started. This is Leslie Holloway, Missouri Farm Bureau's Senior Director of Regulatory Affairs, and we're in D.C. Uh, hearing from American Farm Bureau staff on a variety of issues with our members who are here to visit, uh, members of the congressional delegation. But today, we're also going to talk about the clean water rule with American Farm Bureau's expert on clean water rule, as well as many other regulatory issues, Don Parrish. Don, thanks for joining us today for the podcast. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Um, Maybe, first of all, if you could just give us a quick overview of what the proposed rule would do. Well, the proposed rule would would really clarify what waters in this country are federal waters, and it draws a line as, you know, to say that what waters are state waters. So I think it's real clear in my mind as as to where that line is with regard to this proposal, and it is something that that I think would benefit farmers and ranchers everywhere. We know that this is very important to farmers and ranchers, and maybe, Don, if you could also talk a little bit about the background in terms of there were some Supreme Court decisions that led to um, the rule that we have today, but really we had hoped perhaps to have seen a rule before now. Um, A lot of Supreme Court decisions on this issue. The Supreme Court has been very interested in how far the federal government can reach into private property, into states' rights, into those types of things, you know, things that control the use of land. So we know that, you know, the first major Clean Water Act issue on this said that all waters that are navigable are waters of the U.S., things like the Mississippi River, the Missouri River, the Illinois River, things that we float commerce on. The second very significant Clean Water Act ruling before the Supreme Court said isolated intrastate waters aren't waters of the U.S. So between those two bookends, the third Supreme Court basically stepped in and said, you know, just how connected does it need to be? Uh, Those connections, I think, are what this rule is focused on. Uh, It is focused on defining terms like tributary, defining terms like adjacent wetlands, and in clarifying Uh, that prior converted croplands aren't waters of the U.S. I think all of those combined really provide the clarity that farmers and ranchers need to operate. And we know that the previous rule under the Obama administration, um, they also presented it as if it were, in fact, uh, in accordance with those Supreme Court decisions. But our position is that 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 was actually far beyond, uh, in fact, totally opposite of what the Supreme Court decisions uh, dictated should have happened with that rule. Well, we know the Clean Water Act uses the term navigable for a reason. Uh, It's one thing to give that term broad definition or broad uh, meaning. It's something else to give it no meaning whatsoever. Uh, The last administration basically said if you can find a connection, no matter how remote, no matter how infrequently the connection could be, then the federal government would regulate it. Not just would, it would do so categorically. And that really, you know, that reached into farm ground for things like grass waterways and erosion features that that gave the government way, way, way too much authority to regulate land use, uh, rather than just protecting water. We're all for protecting water. 
It's getting the federal government out of the land use business and getting it out of the lives of farmers and ranchers that's so important. Maybe one last question on this then. Um, going through the process, we know we're in a public comment period now and, and Missouri Farm Bureau and other state farm bureaus, American Farm Bureau, are, are all urging members to submit comments in support of this proposed rule. We understand that there's likely to be litigation because there seems to be litigation on any regulatory proposal anymore. Um, do you care to comment on where we stand in that regard? Well, we know that this rule is important and we're going to do whatever it takes to defend it. Uh, we know that the, the last rule that the Obama administration did wrote the term navigable out of the Clean Water Act, it, and we believe it violated the Constitution. Uh, it violated not only the Commerce Clause, but also due process. Average people should be able to know what the federal government intends to regulate, and you couldn't do that under the Obama rule. Uh, this rule provides that. Uh, I think ultimately it will be challenged in court. We're going to be there to defend it. Farm Bureau works not only in the legislative arena and the regulatory arena, but we also work in the courts to defend our members' interest in our policies. So we're going to be there uh, protecting a common sense definition that protects water quality, but also provides the clarity that our members need to be able to, to feed, uh, clothe, and fuel this nation. So it's important. Uh, we really appreciate everything that you do, Don, and everything that American Farm Bureau does. Thank you again for joining us today. Is there anything else you'd like to offer in closing? You know what? Missouri Farm Bureau is absolutely the top, one of the top organizations in the Farm Bureau family. And everything your members can do to make sure that they have their voices heard on, you know, before members of Congress on this issue and how important it is to us, as well as in the comment period, that's going to allow us to finish strong and to put a rule into place that our members and our policy supports. Thanks again. Today we're joined by Veronica Nye, who's an economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Veronica, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure when Missouri Farm Bureau comes to town as a native Missourian myself, uh, it's good to see friendly friendly faces. Yeah, well, we always enjoy having you visit with our group and just want to take a chance for our listeners to get to know you a little bit um, because you are a Missourian, as you mentioned. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for Farm Bureau as well. Sure. So I uh, grew up in northwest Missouri uh, over by Savannah. Uh, I went to Mizzou, of course, go Tigers, and mm -hmm. um, have been in D.C. about 10 years now. Wow. Uh, I worked for uh, the Department of Agriculture, worked on trade agreements, uh, and then the last eight years have been working for uh, American Farm Bureau. I'm a trade economist, mm -hmm. uh, and then I, I work on some other issues too, uh, immigration, taxes, environmental issues, you know, things everyone agrees on. Right, Ab absolutely, <laughs> that's right. So, and all issues that are very important to agriculture. Indeed. So, wanted to just pick your brain a little bit about some of the current events going on in trade. Um, we've been talking a lot about international trade, really, for forever, but since the 2016 election, I mm -hmm. feel like is when things really kind of ramped up around those conversations. Um, and a big thing that we're focusing on at Missouri Farm Bureau, and I know American Farm Bureau is as well, is the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, or what I sometimes call the new NAFTA. So tell us a little bit about that. Right. So uh, the USMCA is, is really a continuation of NAFTA as an agreement, but with some uh, additional improvements that uh, makes it a more modern agreement. So we'll all recall that NAFTA uh, was signed in 1993. Mm -hmm. So a lot has changed since then. Yep. Uh, 
Um, so the USMCA uh, makes some improvements to, to things that have occurred since then, like our rules on biotechnology. Mm -hmm. It also makes some improvements to our access to the Canadian dairy market. Um, we're getting a little bit more access to, to Canada um, for, for uh, poultry products, for eggs, things along that lines. But by and large, it continues the excellent trade relationship that we've had. Mm -hmm. um, as as you all know, that we have basically zero tariffs between our three countries. Right. Um, we're, a, we're a powerhouse of, of a region in the, in the world. Um, and there's no surprise that since NAFTA went into effect, um, you know, Canada and Mexico are now responsible for almost a third of all U.S. ag exports. Mm -hmm. So USMCA continues uh, that good agreement and then makes some improvements to, to bring it up to 2019 standards. Absolutely. Well, we know Canada and Mexico are, of course, huge trading partners for the U.S. and specifically for Missouri. Um, last year, I believe we exported approximately $7.8 billion worth of goods over to Canada and Mexico as well. But what, how did we get, so why are we doing this? I think that's a question a lot of people have is, you know, NAFTA's pretty good for agriculture, so why are we messing with something that is really not broken in our industry in the first place, in most respects? Right, so it's, it's a good point, because U.S. agriculture wasn't really asking for a change in NAFTA, mm -hmm. right? Um, but there are other sectors of the U.S. economy that, that felt that maybe um, that agreement isn't as good as, as it has been for U.S. agriculture. So... Um, you know, most of the, the trade agenda up until this point has been pretty focused on autos mm -hmm. and making sure that um, U.S. manufacturing is not losing out to countries that it shouldn't be losing out to. So USMCA attempts to, uh, to make some changes in some very interesting things uh, called rules of origin, which basically dictates how much of a product uh, has to be made in Canada, U.S., or Mexico, in order to receive that preferential duty. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it ratchets up that share that has to come from Canada and Mexico. Um, it makes some improvements on, on wages as far as how, um, how much content has to be made under a certain wage rate, et cetera, et cetera. It's mainly all focused on manufacturing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not us, uh, but we're you know the U.S. economy as a whole, so we're going. Al we've gone along as a whole on this thing. Sure, and so overall, USMCA looks to be a net positive for agriculture. You mentioned that it keeps things largely the same, but does add some additional market access into the Canadian dairy industry, which uh, may not be much, but it is some, and it is something we are excited about. We have members who are thinking about contacting their member of Congress, maybe doing congressional visits. If you had your 30-second elevator speech, I know that sounds so cliche on USMCA, what would you tell an elected official? Well, I'm, I'd tell them that it continues a relationship that's that's not broke. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to continue to, uh, to keep our friends close. And USMCA is a signal to the rest of the world that the U.S. is open for business, mm -hmm. that we're open for, for trade uh, agreements. Um, and if we can't get a relationship with Canada and Mexico resolved, what chances do we have of, of making up ground and, and selling more products to the, to the rest of the world? Absolutely, and that's a really valid point given all of the additional things going on around the world. Um, a lot of uncertainty, especially surrounding China, and hopefully getting ready to pursue some new bilateral agreements maybe with Japan. Um, any just general thoughts? I know we don't have a lot of time, but any general thoughts on the situation with China and kind of where we're at today? Well, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned that 
the relationship with with China for for the U.S. agriculture overall has been fairly good, mm-hmm. right? There, are, until all of the tariffs started going back and forth, they're our second largest export destination. We were expecting to ship about twenty-two billion dollars worth of U.S. ag goods to mm-hmm. them. Um, USDA has now dropped that down to nine billion. It's quite so, a drop. Uh, Thirteen billion dollars is is real money, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that uh, farmers and ranchers are feeling it because it, that all comes back to them the lower prices. Um, So the real nexus for this issue with China, uh, again, isn't agriculture. It's aluminum and it's steel. It's intellectual property. Um, So we're we're hoping that um, the U.S. and China in the next few weeks can come to some sort of a resolution on those issues so that we get all these tariffs lifted. Because we were competing in the Chinese market before uh, before this all uh, unrolled enrolled. So uh, we'd like to get that resolved so we can go back to competing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that's something that we at Missouri Farm Bureau and you guys are watching very closely as well. Um, appreciate you joining us today. Any final thoughts before we sign off? I'd just say that on the, on the China deal, we do have one important element of agriculture that uh, is wrapped up in the intellectual property, and that's the biotechnology area. Exactly. Right? So the Chinese have been pretty slow, honestly, to approve new biotech traits. And that means that at a farm level, you don't have access to uh, new and improved technology mm-hmm. to help combat the issues that, that we face on the ground. So we've been pushing for lots of years for the Chinese to, to fix their system. Mm-hmm. Um, this could potentially be an opportunity to um, to get that resolved. So that's a, you know that would be a big win for, for U.S. agriculture is to get uh, our biotech situation with, with China resolved so that we don't face these impediments in the future. Absolutely. Well, Veronica, thank you so much for joining us. It's always really nice to see some familiar Missouri faces in Washington. Uh, Please keep us up to date, and we will see you next time, hopefully. Very good. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us. Next week, we will be back with a regular show. We're going to update you on what's been happening here at the state capitol as we wind down towards the end of the state legislative session. We will talk to you then.